Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to a Disney at Play podcast. It is uh, Halloween, and we're actually celebrating it here in Epcot. Not a lot of Halloween festivity. We might grab a uh, same-day Halloween cupcake, but other than that, we are headed into the park. So join us. Uh, my daughter Madison and I are uh, coming. She's uh, as a uh, butterfly here and uh, we'll meet you on inside the park heading on in hey I spoke earlier about uh, the paint job going on on the ticket booths I don't know if you can see that but there's a range of colors as you go down and then there's a new touch on the signage as you enter into the park up ahead you see the word signage up there and then they've done this kind of blue shade within the uh, really makes those that architectural feature kind of pop out of the uh, the entrance so uh, we're excited to uh, head oh here's a better look at the color scheme of the ticket booth as you head through and uh, we'll head on into the park it's for a Saturday. It doesn't seem too busy, um, but uh, uh, because often on Saturdays, especially during the food and wine, it's been very busy. But because of Halloween, a lot of guests who want to uh, come are coming to the Magic Kingdom for celebrating whatever Halloween festivities they have there. And uh, you can see. We'll be above the uh, pylons for the new statue in the front of Spaceship Earth. And we're heading off to a side entrance over here that'll take us into um, uh, what has been Future World uh, West. And uh, you can even see a lot of folks are even coming out. It's about four, it's about five o'clock in the afternoon. So. We're coming to enjoy the evening and uh, coming by the back side of the restrooms over here. This whole entrance was added to kind of do construction. You could see the back of the Living Seas over here. Those big windows over there are actually the corporate sponsor uh, room that was used for United Technologies. Used to do a lot of programs in that space. It's one of the most beautiful spaces in all of Epcot. And uh, you can see the backside of Interventions from here. And then we see uh, Spaceship Earth and all its glory behind us as we come along. So you see, if you haven't been to the park in, since it's reopened, it's a very different experience coming in and out. Actually, it's cool because you get to the seas very quickly instead of having to go all the way up toward the fountain and then cut over through the breezeway and then come back in. I'm gonna show you over here and take a look. You can see some doors on the other side of that fence. That actually used to be a principal entrance um, through Communicore that took you over to the Living Seas over here. And over here you see the Coral Reef Restaurant. So, the beautiful, beautiful restaurant. I am overdue for doing a review there. Up ahead, you see 
uh, guest experience team member helping guests um, with their uh, issues and questions as they come through into the park. And we're by the entrance of the Living Seas. So again, pretty light crowd. You got the, the waves kicking in and uh, it's looking pretty nice here. It's a beautiful, beautiful fall day at Disney. We are headed into the Land Pavilion and uh, they're doing a one day Halloween cupcake. So we're gonna try that. It'll be the last of our foods that we tried around all the parks. If you haven't had a chance, you can check out uh, that. We can put a link into the notes. Hey, how you doing this? Um, and uh, check out all the Halloween activity. In fact, we had not one, not two, not three, but four Halloween articles during this uh, season. One just Halloween at Magic Kingdom, one with Jim Corcus and Halloween in general. Uh, a third with Jason Sorrell talking about the Haunted Mansion. And then a fourth that we did just yesterday celebrating Halloween at Disneyland and at Disney California Adventure. And here we are inside of the Land Pavilion again few crowds but not, nothing uh, nothing too brisk up ahead is the new awesome planet movie we're long overdue for doing that I do that before we're done here but in the meantime we're gonna tackle that cupcake and check it out so join us at seasons all right this is not seasons this is Soren to be honest as we went to mobile order this is one of the advantages of mobile order there was a photo for the cupcake. And uh, uh, David's talking to Madison about her costume. Thank you so much. Where are you from, David? Colombia. Which part? Medellin. Medellin, que parte de, de Medellin, no? Vivian in Manizales, y Cali también. Muy chévere, Colombia. Que esté bien. I saw that he was from Colombia and I had lived for a couple of years in Colombia, so we had talk in Spanish. Uh, chévere, todos los colombianos. Okay, we're here in Soren. Okay, so going back to the picture of the cupcake, when I pulled it up, it looks so lame. We are not doing lame desserts today. So we are cutting out the cupcake, plenty of other great foods to eat at Epcot, that's for sure. And, uh, and honestly, we kind of wanted to do dinner. Uh, so we are heading in the queue to go do Soren. It says it's a 25 minute wait. We will see. It's looking so far pretty good as we head into um, the attraction. While we're waiting in the queue, I just have to say this. The best part of the queue at Soren is the music. Do you recognize this song? Time's up. It's actually from Apollo 13. Again, love the uh, choices they've made for this particular attraction while you're waiting in the queue. So we're in the final part of the queue. It's been about um, 17 minutes since we entered the line. It was a 25 minute line. The interesting thing. All right, we are exiting Soren. 
And uh, we decided to, I decided to ask Madison, what is her favorite scene of all of the uh, scenes in the uh, Soren attraction? My favorite is the Fiji scene. I love gliding over through the smell of the tropical sea breeze and through the crystal clear waters you can see these massive manta rays that I'm always amazed by whenever I glide through that scene. You see manta rays in there? I've you never seen this. No, I have They're not huge. noticed. Well, they have to be to show up, probably. I They're love right that scene too because of the smell and the beauty of the scene. It's just that so many canoeists in there. It's so CG and probably the manta ray is CG too. So that's the disappointment. I like the Egypt scene. I have to mention it because it, it visually is, is quite cool, but I also love the fact that the orchestral during that has this tambourine sound that's very unique. And I really like that a lot. And then finally, I love the Paris scene at the end, probably all CG as well, but it just lights up and it reminds me of my, my trips to Disneyland Paris and to Paris itself. And, I love that. I also like yeah. the Mount Kilimanjaro scene uh, because of the elephants. Yeah, but the elephants kill it because of the CG again. They're all and, just fake. And I do like the earthy smell it releases. Yeah, you do. This, you know, the smells make the scenes more impactful when you smell them. It definitely them. does. It definitely does. I will also say that it'll be interesting when Epcot makes all of its changes, whether they'll change out the final scene. Because right now you see the beloved fountains that are in the center of it, but those are all slated, you know, those are all been taken out and it'll be interesting to see. Of course, again, another CG scene because uh, Epcot never does fireworks from the parking lot and that's where you're headed to as you pass Spaceship Earth. But notwithstanding, in fact, one of the things, uh, and I'm not being, I don't wanna overly criticize because there's a lot like um, Monument Valley in Arizona. I'm from Arizona, I love that scene. There are a lot of scenes. The falls in Brazil are pretty are pretty uh, cool themselves, but you never I've never seen anything about the makers of that film talking about the processes they went through to make it. And there's some great stories out there about the original Soren through California, and it be and they went through a lot of heavy lifting to try to create that film originally. And so I just wish, at any rate, at any rate it's, it's still an enjoyable attraction and uh, I'm glad we went on it today. Can I just go on record as saying one of my favorite parts about this pavilion and one that harkens really to the, to the early days of Epcot is this mural. I love this mural. It's so organic, it's so earthy, it's so intricate. I just love the design and look and how it kind of leads us. If you think about it, you, you feel like you're walking into the soil as you go through. So I just love that. And we're extending from the land and we're heading toward World Showcase because, well, we're hungry. <laughs> it's about dinner time. And uh, so we thought we'd get something to eat out in that area. So we're heading, moving in that direction. Uh, trying to get some good images as we walk of this very empty area in the middle of Interventions. I uh, will tr add a uh, over the fence picture in the uh, Disney at Play page uh, that we have the post that we have attached to this. By the way, we always have posts attached 
to our videos and our podcast so you can always capture some of the key images there so i'll try to include that as we go along so this month uh this last month they opened up a couple of extra booths in uh, connection with the food uh, and wine festival and this one's all focused on waffles and it started with two berry waffles but now there's one with a chocolate ganache one a banana foster which actually sounds kind of good and then also a chicken and waffle served with bacon and onion jam which actually sounds kind of good too uh, but the problem with these uh these extra stands that they open is that they are not open um during the weekdays just on weekends okay cancel our plans to get to world showcase we decided we go check out these waffles so uh, this is what they look like. We're gonna take a few bites and come back to you. Okay, we're here at a small table. We ended up stopping for the waffles and we ended up getting the chicken waffle and the banana foster waffle. Madison, what did you think of both of those? I really like the chicken. I thought it was really flavorful and the apple and the apple waffle waffle was really sweet. Or banana yeah, foster? Mm -hmm. Sorry, banana foster. It almost seemed like there was some kind of chunk of something. I think that was chunks of banana in there. And I, I think this actually is one of the best items in the whole thing. And I ha it's, we're now coming to the end of food and wine. I'm finally having a chance to taste it. But um, the chicken waffle was a six something and the other was four something. And so together they came out to about 1050 which is the price of, of the chicken waffle sandwich at Sleepy Hollow at Magic Kingdom. And I had that a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the um, uh, podcast from the Magic Kingdom. And I gotta tell you, that was such a disappointing sandwich. I'm not even sure I commented on it, it was so bad. This was good. And in fact, I almost wish we had shared the portions together. And surprisingly, I'm quite filling for what we had. So definitely a winner. We're gonna put that on our food and wine page. So if you're still heading out to food and wine, definitely check that out. Cause we have a listing of ah, almost three, three, uh, 35, 40 different dishes that we have tried uh, during the food and wine festival since July. So um, definitely check out that page and we'll put a link at the Disney at play um, post that we have connected to this podcast. All right, now we're gonna get to World Showcase. We'll see what follows. The sun is starting to set here at World Showcase. We're at the dock waiting for the boat. Thought we'd take that across and give you a little visual of that as we go away along our way. We are on our way across World Showcase Lagoon in one of the friendship boats. And uh, you can kind of see uh, dusk setting in. That's the American Adventure. You know, I haven't seen that boat in a long while out in the uh, back of the American Gardens Theater. Uh, I hope this doesn't ruin the magic, but the whole thing's made out of styrofoam. But uh, man, it's, it's somehow done the job over the years. Um, and then moving on, do you see in the lagoon uh, place holdings for the Harmonious and you see the rigging, uh, the crane in the background for the work that's being done on Harmonious. Uh, love to think that's coming sooner than later, but uh, I don't know, we're not sure. So, moving across, we see uh, China, we see Norway, and then we see Mexico. On our way 
across the world showcase lagoon we'll soon be arriving in morocco we are off the friendship boats and uh i'm here in morocco and i thought this was a, a good time to take a little shot of the prayer tower here and then go through the archway um the folks who the management group from morocco who has managed this pavilion for several decades um, has gone into bankruptcy and disney has at this time taken over this um uh, pavilion which is just it's kind of it's kind of sad because they have been a part of the uh, the experience here for a so many years and uh, many of the cast members are probably staying on but um, this is a what is currently being done with Kit Kats you see these different cards and you can pull them they're each of the different countries and then there's a little um, kind of coloring page on the opposite side of that. So that's still in a play, but it's kind of a do it on your own. There's no cast member really directing it. We're going through the little shops and they're still operating most of them. Not all the shops are open, but most of them are. What is not open is the major restaurant, the restaurant Marrakesh. And um, again, that's, uh, that's just a disappointment. It's a beautiful restaurant. Not my favorite food, but it is a beautiful restaurant because it's back here. So many, so few people really know about it. You could almost find availability for getting a reservation any, any time uh, of the, of the week. Um, very seldom was it impossible to get such. Over here is the meet and greet that um, has been standard uh, for Aladdin, but that is not in play right now here at the pavilion. So pieces of it, we need to do something on the, on all the architectural details. There is so much really cool stuff here, but you know, if they got rid of the restaurant and they use this as an entrance way to do Sinbad storybook voyage, can I just say that would be the perfect thing to do to this pavilion because people would flock. It would take up a ton of people. It would be a great boat ride. It is, if you haven't checked that out, go to, go to 37, uh, podcast 37, because that's where you can smell the incense burning. That's kind of cool. Go to podcast 37, where we talk about Sinbad storybook voyage. It is so, so good. And that would be the best answer to Morocco. This is the Fez house. I just love this. It's usually a very quiet place. You could see the upper levels of the building. Such loving uh, mosaic details done. The King of Morocco sent his best artisans over here to put all of these details in play. And it is such a, this is one of those great quiet little places to go when you're kind of over the craziness of the park. And then finally, this is the back door to the gallery and we'll just step in and uh, most people don't even know there's a museum gallery here at Morocco but um, there's some really great for this you know you think that this is really all about Disney IP anymore and so forth but honestly there is so much learning that can take place at Epcot still and this actually 
Uh, this pavilion has uh, currently has an exhibit um, that plays on a woman's off-road race. So it features women, it features sports, and it's kind of a part of the culture of the desert. It's the rally of the gazelles, and they actually have a little uh, vehicle that you can kind of do a little simulator-style drive, but unfortunately, because of COVID, you can't use it right now. But when uh, you get a chance, oh, look at the details. This is, the details on the ceiling are very parallel to what you find in the Tower of Terror as you enter that room. Same kind of look and feel. At any rate, it's such a beautiful pavilion. Um, probably the least appreciated of all of the pavilions at Epcot. And uh, hopefully, hopefully there's still a bright future ahead. So we're here in Japan. Their uh, food for the Food and Wine Festival has been some of the best of the best. Um, and again, it's in the uh, festival guide. I just love this pavilion. This is, this is probably the best non-attraction pavilion that exists in Epcot. It has so much architectural beauty. The gardens are so amazing. The terracing of the whole thing, the shopping, the dining. If you've not had a chance to do the dining, it is superb. There is so much to love about Japan. I just, still a little bit of light, so I wanted to hit the koi fish pond before it got too late and uh, check that out. It's just a quiet moment. You can hear the waterfalls and uh, it's just, as we ascend up, you could see how beautiful this entire pavilion is. Another great place to escape the crowds is this little area over here. Just uh, check in and uh, sit back. If you uh, pick up some dinner here, this is one of my daughter's favorite places for dinner during non-festival times, which actually doesn't exist because there's always a festival going on. Did you know that that uh, fortress behind in the back, that was intended to be a ride and attraction as well. It went through several things that was going to be Meet the World, which went to Tokyo Disneyland when Tokyo opened. And then they were gonna put a Fuji Mountain behind it. They were gonna do a bullet train type attraction. We'll have to talk about attractions that never were. But right now we're here. Look at how, look how they have just taken a few rocks and piled them up on top of each other. You can hear the music, the Japanese lanterns. I'll just stop talking. We're here at the American Adventure. Good time to remind you, get out and vote this week. And uh, I will put a link in our post about the American Adventure, your American Adventure, part one. If you've not listened to this, you need to understand and appreciate this pavilion. It has a lot of meaning, a lot of heritage, a lot of history, a lot of lessons, a lot of learning. We're here at the Art of Disney store at the American Adventure. You'll recall that this store was at the front of the park originally. 
it has now been moved to the American Adventure, that retail space that was to the right of the attraction. I love this little corner. It's called the Animation Adventure. It's just a simple homage to Walt Disney's early years in animation. Shows his original studio, um, some of the original drawings, some of the original uh, pictures that came out. Um, so it's a nice little touch. And we're here at the exterior gate to the Regal Eagle Smokehouse on the far end of the American Adventure. And what's interesting is to see the number of people who are outside enjoying their barbecue. This is fantastic weather right now that we're having here in Central Florida. We are long overdue. I'm moving toward Italy, but I wanted to point you toward this fencing between the American Adventure and Italy. No, I'm sorry to say, I do not think it's going to be a new pavilion. The construction doesn't go that deep. I did take a photo and it showed kind of a foundation well type being put in. I want to say maybe it's an addition to Italy. I don't know, maybe it's a separate little um, theme space, but uh, we'll see more in the days to come. But it does extend the whole space between the American Adventure and Italy. And by the way, the, the photo for uh, the above the fence photo, I have a great, I'm very tall. The above the fence photo for that construction I'll show on the Disney at play uh, page that accompanies this. And Italy is beautiful this time of evening and uh, people are out and enjoying it. And uh, you know, it's not too full. You can still socially distance, tables are separated out appropriately so um certain services are not working because they're not um covid friendly but the rest of it is looks and feels like italy and uh this set of shops on the right side of germany have been dedicated to uh providing guests or annual pass holders with special deals and bargains and uh i'll hold it up to the window and i'll show some photos on the uh on the post from the other day when i got there you can see some some shirts from france inside it's not just germany merchandise although there's considerable amount of that there are also merchandise from other parts of epcot and uh you most of the much of the merchandise if not most is 50 percent off and then annual pass holders get uh an ex uh, an additional 30% off. So I got a $44 sweatshirt for Epcot, a very beautiful sweatshirt for only uh, $16. So that was nice. Um, and they don't, because of the crowds on the weekends, they don't open it on Saturdays and Sundays because there's already a fairly long line of pass holders coming during the week to check it out. And they don't want to overrun the store. Again, they only allow so many in at a time. The other thing I have to show you um, is this is a date night staple. Usually when I'm at Epcot in the evening, it's with my wife and on a date night, she has to do, no, not the Christmas store here. She has to do the caramel store. Oh, and it smells so good. And, uh, and the caramel corn and the caramel fudge. So I have to, I have to get some caramel fudge to take um, with me oh here's a here's a, a kid cot uh drawing of a pretzel 
and it comes with a sticker here on their um, little exhibit. And the Christmas store is always so beautiful. So, at any rate, so I'm standing in line for the for the uh, caramel fudge. The two food booths of Spain and the Alps or Switzerland are, are uh, not open during the week, but they are during the weekend. There's a good long line here at the Alps. I gotta tell you, getting a caramel uh, for my wife to take home made me so hungry. The smell was so good. I think I'm going to uh, check out the scene over here in China. And I say that because actually, um, while uh, the pavilion has of course been open since reopening, the uh, Lucky Fortune Cafe has not. And it's just recently reopened this week. By the way, I'll say, and so I may be checking out something there to eat. I also say that Nine Dragons, I kind of mentioned Marrakesh being kind of one of those easily available restaurants anytime. So is Nine Dragons. I took uh, a business group here just before the pandemic. And I gotta tell you, it had been a while since I've been at Nine Dragons, but I couldn't get that size group anywhere else. And it was delicious and an incredibly good value. I look forward to Nine Dragons reopening. Um, I said Lucky Fortune Cafe. Do I not know these names by now? It's the Lotus Blossom Cafe. And uh, yeah, it's open and ready for business. I think I might just go check it out. Well, we're here on the streets of China. And uh, while we're here, we talked about some photos. Or we talked about the museum in Morocco. We got to check out the Shanghai Disney one. Uh, if you haven't been inside, by the way, I have a great podcast. We'll put a link to it about why we, what we love most about Shanghai Disney which was the first park to reopen and has stayed reopened um, since began. Hong Kong uh, closed and then Disneyland Paris is closing this weekend. This Adventure Isle with its ropes course, I'm telling you, one of the coolest attractions ever created and so much fun. Um, over here, you see some of the carousel horses designed after Fantasia. And uh, you see the center of the park, which is the Gardens of Imagination. Um, and then over here, there's this a good little model of the Enchanted Storybook Castle. And it is just, let me see if I can get a picture of this. Uh, on our video here, you can see a little courtyard on the inside. You get to go up into that courtyard after you go through the experience of Once Upon a Time that talks, that shares the story of uh, a Snow White and an interactive set of dioramas. Very cool, very clever. And then <clears throat> over here, gotta share this too. Here's um, Disney had a great little um, video of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at um, Shanghai Disney. I'll put a link to that one too, because let me tell you, while there are lots of videos out there, Disney actually provided the English narrative 
to this attraction because it's all done in Chinese. And, um, and so you actually see that. And then over here, we have the beloved Tron vehicles. You are going to love this attraction when it opens at Magic Kingdom. This is going to be beyond anything. So um, look, there's a little Mickey on his Tron vehicle. You gotta love this. You gotta love this. So again, if you haven't checked out the exhibit, come over here to China when next time you are in Epcot to see inside Shanghai Disneyland. Okay, so we're here in front of Norway. And if you take a close look, it's a little dark outside, but you see a pretty extensive queue of guests waiting to go into uh, Frozen. And uh, our host at the entrance, which is over in China, has stated that uh, the queue is about 50 minutes in length right now. I would suggest if you're going on it, this is the attraction to get on two minutes before closing. Because all that fast pass and guests with the disabilities, they can't get on it after nine or after closing. So probably that's the best time to do it. But for us, we are going to head inside Akashus. And here we have a break area that has been dedicated for the guests. And if you are seeing this on video, you'll see just how beautiful this restaurant is on the inside. Just very regal and uh, has a very nice Norwegian. This is actually based on a Norwegian castle. The, the, the Akershus is a castle fortress in uh, Norway and um, a much bigger building, obviously, than, uh, than you see uh, here. But, uh, but Disney took uh, its nod for the architecture and for uh, theming from that castle structure. And uh, we are just passing through it, a little throne room for the princess meet and greet, and then off into this side wing. Uh, again, great place to just take a break from the crazy crowds. There's nobody in here right now. As it gets um, closer to evening, you can see the buffet area that uh, isn't being used, obviously, because it's not acting as a restaurant. It's only acting as a break area. But um, all just in a real peaceful setting right now. Um, oh, look, this bakery in Norway just reopened. I had no idea I would have changed my entire schedule around it. Menu looks a little, quite a bit limited. There's not even a refrigerator showcase, so guests don't open up. Uh, you got school bread. You got the, uh, which is a favorite of uh, Leah Zanola out there. Uh, sweet roll filled with custard and dipped in coconut. The Norwegian kringla, which is a pretzel-shaped pastry with assorted toppings. Almonds or chocolate. I love the almond one, is my favorite. The rice cream, love this, topped with strawberry sauce. Uh, that is probably one of my favorite permanent uh, treats in World Showcase. And then the last set, which is a soft flatbread, almost tortilla looking, rolled in cinnamon, sugar, and butter. They often have cookies and fruits and other kinds of things, sandwiches, um, salmon. None of that is on the menu right now, but at least they're open and that's 
that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, that. So social distancing has actually created uh, a line for Grand Fiesta Tour that begins outside of the pyramid before entering uh, into the, uh, the main building. So I'm not surprised by the size of the crowd because frankly, it's the first attraction if you're heading into World Showcase that you see and I think people are just uh, looking for something to do. So here we are and the queue uh, winds all the way around the right side of the pyramid and then into the building to uh, finally allow guests to board a boat. And it handles a, a large occupancy. So uh, the fact that there's this long a line is uh, speaks highly of the attraction. So we're here at the entrance to Odyssey. It's nighttime and Odyssey holds a special place in my heart. I remember eating here uh, lunch when I first uh, came the first day we ever came to Epcot. And I've hosted many groups and events here um, with my business program. So I, uh, I kind of love to be in here. It's been remodeled with the um, Epcot Experience attraction. And uh, we'll sneak peek right there. You could see it, but we're gonna go around the side and see all the attraction coasters that have been established for this. Everything here from Remy's Ratatouille Adventure to the old Universe of Energy to the American Adventure, beautiful poster for it. And notice that the United Kingdom has a little bit of Mary Poppins there. Along this wall, you see more of the posters and uh there's morocco there's soren italy the land this uh, the land one is a really great poster world celebration where art thou um more to come as to what's going to happen there i think journey of water we won't see until 22. i think it's going to be tied to the world celebration because it's a very near accompanying space um over here it's a large map of Epcot with just enough blurs in the painting that you don't know what's going on in certain corners. For instance, here at that entrance, I noted how we had kind of extended directly over to the Living Seas. And you see a path right over here that goes around um, what will be the Journey of Water. There's the Journey of Water. And so there'll be a path that seems to go Toward the living sea so you don't have to go all the way out which used to in the uh, uh, promenade uh, breezeway and then come back down to that that'll be really nice i think also very ambiguous is this initial world celebration space which is supposed to have the walt disney statue it's supposed to have some kind of uh, electronic tree uh, just stuff that really is still a little ambiguous as to what it's offering, how that offering is all sized up. And, uh, and just making sure there's clearly much more um, green uh, foliage and so forth, but how is that directing traffic? It seems like they're trying to move you to the right and then back over to the left. And then if you want to head over that way, you've got to cut over. So it seems like there's some some interesting lines there. Again, right here is where you see World Celebration. That tower it remains to be seen. What's going on there with that attraction? 
uh, yeah, the harmonious up here on the top. So a lot more to come as we see how all these elements will play out eventually into the park. So over here, more uh, posters and then a couple of exhibits here, photo places actually, one for Ratatouille and another one for, again, what it looked like being on top of Spaceship Earth, looking out at the world cellar, at the, um, the building that they are intending to build, which is right now in uh, question. But you actually, I will say this, you do get a better detail of that initial space as you leave Spaceship Earth. I'm going to just gently zoom in on this. And you see kind of a web-like structure. I think that's maybe where that tree is. I don't see, I see kind of a square platform area right about, I'm gonna put my finger there, right about there for probably where that Walt Disney statue is. Again, food and beverage off to the left. You do see that there is, there are paths that, that do allow you to connect in that direction. So you don't have to go all the way swerving on what is that pink path. To, uh, to get to your next location. Definitely a much more divided up space. What appears to be much more different levels to that space, which makes the space more interesting and not just one big flat piece of land. So a lot of promise to this, but with budget cuts and so forth, it's uncertain right now how it's gonna all eventually shake out. All right, this is simply too cool because we have a full moon rising beyond mission space. How appropriate on, on Halloween and it's just beautiful. We have mission space at night and um, I love the curved orbital arches of mission space. There's something about that that kind of reminds me a little of the design for the uh, original flight to the moon building at Disneyland. I have to go back in my memory and, and remind myself of that building. And over to the side, well, that's a black hole of fencing for Space 220, which hopefully would have opened this year, but has not, unfortunately. It will probably be uh, into next year. Maybe there'll be a surprise at Christmas, but I rather doubt it at this point. So haven't seen any hiring going out for servers there so more to come on that but still a beautiful night to catch a full moon at mission space we are heading into mouse gear and we should note a lot of christmas holiday merchandise has gone up even though it is halloween officially today but you can check out some really cool bags some pajamas uh, footwear lots of uh some cute stockings not formal Christmas stockings, just real stockings to be worn, and uh, some sweatshirts as well. Um, I love this uh, t-shirt on this mannequin. Tis the season to be jolly at Walt Disney World. So lots of uh, make it merry and bright uh, throughout the store. You know, um, they've really made this a long-term i don't want to say long-term location but this is going to be here for probably a good year year and a half before they open up the other store 
Uh, I thought it might be a, a shorter turnaround, but uh, this is, look at this, this is um, Wishes Come True in honor of Make-A-Wish and uh, Disney's um, involvement with them. Over the last 40 years, they have these blue mouse ears and bags and uh, watches. So very festive. Some tumblers over here in connection with the event. It says the Disney Park Wishes Come True Blue Color Collection celebrates 40 years of Disney and Make-A-Wish working together to grant life changing wishes for children with critical uh, illnesses.